Do you need help protecting your finances as you enter retirement? David Dickens of KC Financial Advisors has got you covered. Welcome to the Cover Your Assets KC podcast. Welcome to another edition of Cover Your Assets KC, the podcast that's going to help you get a little bit smarter, a little bit sharper when it comes to your financial and retirement preparation. Walter Storholt here with you alongside David Dickens, President and Wealth Advisor at KC Financial Advisors, serving you throughout, well, obviously, Kansas City with an office in Overland Park. We're online at CoverYourAssetsKC.com. Find out more about the complete planning review process. That's the CPR process uh, by going to CoverYourAssetsKC.com and schedule an appointment if you have any questions today. David, great to be with you today, my friend. How are you, sir? I'm just doing great. We are... Uh, You're just thankful you don't live in Portland, Oregon, right? <laughs> where, where it was like 115 degrees this week or something crazy like that? Unbelievable. So my wife actually used to live in Portland. She grew up in, in the Pacific Northwest, and that is so incredibly unusual. They, uh, they do seem to get that one heat wave each year that makes you say, wow, that's surprising for them. But this is just another level. <laughs> yes. I wonder if there was, there must have been some humidity with that too. So my uh, mother lives in, uh, in the Phoenix area and, you know, 115, that happens every year, but it's so dry <laughs> that eh, you don't really go out in it, but right. it's not like there's going to be any humidity going with it. It's still hot, but it's not that hot. So Right. It's, it's a dry uh, heat. It's different. We have family that lives in Tacoma, so just a little bit south of Seattle. And I don't know if they got blasted by quite the same heat, but I mean, you know, what's the difference between 105 and 115 at that point, (laughs) especially when you're not used to it. And they don't have air conditioning in their condo just because a lot of people up there don't have it. A lot of people don't. You're right. So like when we get snow and ice that knocks our power out and we all scramble and try and find a hotel to go stay in if we don't have a generator, um, I'm raising my hand because we've certainly done that many times before. Uh, they, on the other hand, have to escape, and they went rented a hotel for three days to escape the heat since they didn't have air conditioning. So wow. they were tucked away in their air-conditioned room and only left to go uh, and eat meals, and they said they were melting as they walked across the parking lot, so they were very glad <laughs> that they sought a hotel room to ride it out. Well, hopefully it had some really good Wi-Fi. That's right. Exactly. Exactly. Well, luckily, being up in uh, the Seattle region, they should have pretty good tech stuff up there based on all the tech companies and whatnot on the <laughs> West Coast. Absolutely. So they should be in good shape. Well, we've got a great show on the way today. We're going to be talking about something very simple, 529 plans. Okay, maybe they're not that simple because lots of people have questions about these. So maybe they're not so straightforward. Uh, David's going to give us five things specifically that grandparents and parents need to know about 529 plans. And basically what, David, these are, this is a way people plan for college for their kids and grandkids, right? Exactly. And every time they, uh, Congress makes a new change to it, it adds a layer of, of complexity to it. And like a lot of things that Congress does, they're, they're trying to do good things, but these programs can get so complicated. And so I get a lot of questions on them. And these are kind of five of the most common things that are either asked about or misunderstood. And I hope it's super helpful for, I mean, I talk to parents and grandparents about these. They're terrific plans most times, uh, and it takes a little bit of understanding to get comfortable with them. I got to say they're kind of overlooked too, because hosting lots of financial and retirement planning discussions across the country for the last decade I can't actually pinpoint very many times the 529 plan has come up. I could probably count on one hand. So I even feel like I'm definitely in line to learn a few things today because I feel like it's probably something that's under-discussed. So let her rip, David. Five things we need to know. 
Well, let's start with maybe the most exciting because everybody, most people I know don't like taxes. So the first thing you need to remember is you get a ta- in most cases, you get a tax deduction uh, for making these contributions from your state income tax. Two thirds of states offer a tax deduction. Now, most states that offer that tax deduction just do it if you put into their state's plan. But seven states say that, you know what? Any plan that you put one of these in, any 529 plan, you can have a a tax deduction from your state income tax. And lo and behold, usually when we talk about these special cutouts, Missouri and Kansas are left on the outside looking in. But this time, both Missouri and Kansas will allow you to have that deduction on your state income tax, regardless of what state's plan you put the money into. So I thought that was kind of cool. It is limited as to how much of a deduction you can take. And it's different between, for instance, Kansas and Missouri. So just real quick, in Kansas, if you're filing as a single person, you can deduct $3,000 per beneficiary. So if you've got 10 grandkids and you put three grand in each, then you could deduct 30 grand from, because it's per beneficiary. Married couples, 6000 per beneficiary. Uh, So that's a pretty sweet little deal. On the Missouri side, it's kind of different in that you can do $16,000 per taxpayer. So it really doesn't matter how many beneficiaries you're putting that toward. It maxes out at $16,000 per taxpayer. So if you got three grandkids, that would be roughly a little over $5,000 per kid. If it's just you, if it's you and your spouse, then that's about $11,000 per kid that you could still take a tax deduction for. And then finally on that, so everybody loves tax deductions, and that's a really important thing to know. It doesn't help you on the federal, but it does help you on your state. The other thing to know is that the tax deduction goes to the account owner. So typically when you do a 529, the grandparent or the parent is the owner of the account, and the kid, the child, is the beneficiary. And so let's just say that two sets of grandparents each want to make 529 plan contributions for their grandkid. If they want their state tax deduction, they would need to set up separate accounts, one in one grandparent's name and one in the other side of the family's grandparent's name, so that both sets of grandparents can get their tax deduction. little twist, but anyway, the, the long and the short of it is, In most states, especially including Missouri and Kansas, uh, you can get a nice tax deduction on your state tax for contributing to a 529 plan. Slick little benefit. I like it. All right. What about uh, point number two? So it's not just for college anymore is what I titled number two. So most people would have an inkling that you can use a 529 plan for either a public or private college. You can also use it for a community college. Or for grad school, if, uh, if you have somebody going on to uh, additional education, you can use it for an accredited trade school or a vocational school. As long as the school is eligible for federal student loan funding, then it's available to spend a 529 plan toward. Now, a couple of new twists that Congress added. In 2018, they allowed for up to $10,000 a year to be paid to tuition to an elementary school, a private elementary school, a middle school, a high school, including parochial schools. So they widened this out nicely that if you've got um, a grandkid or, or even a, a child who is going to a private 
high school or a private elementary school with a tuition, you can use up to 10 grand a year out of that 529 plan toward that tuition. And then finally, just last year, well, actually it was late 2019, they also said that you can pay down student loans with your 529 plan, and that didn't used to be allowed. That has a 10,000 lifetime max, but still, it's now a lot higher than zero, which is what it used to be. So not just for college anymore. The paying down the student loan benefit seems to make sense. I mean, that's like paying for college that you, you know, had to pull money out. You're just paying it kind of at a later date. So nice that they made that change. Exactly. Okay. What's another thing that grandparents and parents should know about 529 plans? Yeah. So number three is that it's not just for tuition anymore. So it'll, uh, you can use the money to pay, obviously, for tuition, but you can also use it for on-campus room and board. You can also use it for off-campus rent and utilities, up to the cost of what that particular university would charge for on-campus costs. Uh, if your student lives off-campus, you can include their groceries, up to the amount of on-campus dining costs. Now, you can't include their pizzas or they're dining out at restaurants, but their groceries, that can be paid for out of 529 plan money. It also includes money that you'd spend on books and supplies. Believe it or not, it also includes money you might spend to get them a laptop or a desktop computer and even a printer if that's not supplied by the school. And then one last thing I thought was kind of interesting, for somebody who lives off campus and wants and needs internet access. You can pay the internet bill with your 529 plan. You can't, if, it, if it's bundled with uh, a landline, I can't imagine there's a university student in America that still has a landline, but it might also be bundled with their cable TV and you have to separate that out. But their internet access can be paid for with a 529. So it's not just for tuition anymore. That's very cool. So we have our quick recap of the top three. You get a tax deduction from the state, most likely, depending on what state you're in. Not just for college anymore, not just for tuition anymore either. What else about the 529.4? Yeah, so the fourth one, and I get this question a lot from parents and grandparents who say, well, I'm not sure if my grandchild is going to go to college. And so I don't want to get something locked up into this that I don't have to pay penalties or taxes to get it out. One of the important things to know then is that you can change the beneficiary. So you set this account up, you put it in your name, and a grandchild is the beneficiary. And let's just say that that, that child, that grandchild, doesn't use it all or never goes to college and doesn't use any of it. It's not treated as a, as a taxable distribution to you if the new beneficiary is a family member of the current beneficiary. So you can change the beneficiary. If you change it to somebody outside of the family, that can be and most times is a taxable event. But if you change it to within a family member, then there are no tax implications and that person gets to use the 529 for the reasons we've just talked about. That can be, that can be the spouse of your grandchild. It can be a sibling. It could be a step-sibling, uh, foster children of yours, it could be your brother-in-law, your sister-in-law, an aunt, uncle, uh, a niece or a nephew. It can be your first cousin. It pretty much, other than the um, stepchildren and step-siblings and foster children, it pretty much has to be a blood relative. But there are a lot of opportunities to change that beneficiary if you have a 529 that didn't get cleaned out by the original 
beneficiary. All right, very good. These are all helpful tips, David, and I'm sure you've got a good one lined up for the final tip. Well, I think I do. I do get a lot of questions, uh, not only about 529s, but others, other questions related to gift tax. And so there's kind of an interesting twist in the 529 world. So this is not subject to the, the gift tax if, under current law, you give $15,000 or less to the 529 plan each year. And if you are married, filing jointly, you can give up to thirty grand per beneficiary, and there's no gift tax implications to that. But the interesting twist in a 529 plan is that they will let you do a five-year averaging. Uh, so if you're doing this as an individual, that's seventy-five grand in year one because five years, fifteen thousand per year, that's seventy-five grand. So you could do a lump sum contribution into that 529 and not have it have gift tax implications. Then obviously, if you're married, you could do a $150,000 gift into a 529 plan over that five-year averaging and not have that be associated with any type of gift tax implications. Now, the one thing that most of the states that, that offer a, um, a tax deduction for your 529 contributions they don't allow you to carry forward those tax deductions. So if you were to happen to make a big one over that five years, all in the first year, that five-year averaging, all in one year, you probably wouldn't get to have future uh, tax deductions, depending on the state. And I I don't have those in front of me, but I know Kansas and Missouri do not allow uh, carry forwards. So it is, though, a really nice way, if you're looking to fund a, a grandkid's account you're way behind in even thinking about it, and you've got a pot of money that you'd like to put toward that. That's a way to get, you know, between 75 grand and 150 grand into the account all in one year and not have any gift tax implications. So those are the five, Walter. This is a, like you kicked off originally, 529s are underused. I have more than a handful of clients that have them, but it's not a dramatic amount. And there's enough flexibility built into most of these accounts, and especially in Missouri and Kansas, where you get a state tax deduction, uh, that they're absolutely worth a look, and they're absolutely worth a second look if you looked at them before and decided not to do something. Well, it's very helpful, I think, to get some details on 529 plans, again, that under um, kind of under-talked about mm, financial element out there. And wow, who knew that it had so much flexibility to it, which is a great thing. I think one thing we always talk about, uh, there being a very nice asset to some sort of financial instrument or savings vehicle is one that is flexible and gives you options. And uh, there you have it, some unknown benefits, uses, and flexibility about 529 plans on today's show. Hopefully that helps some of our listeners. David, if you have any further questions about 529 plans or anything else as it relates to your financial and retirement life, reach out to David by calling 913-317-1414. That's 913-317-1414. Or you can go to coveryourassetskc.com and you can ask questions on the website, listen to past episodes of the podcast, check out the great blog, and of course, schedule your complete planning review all from the website, coveryourassetskc.com. And you'll see a link or contact information in the show notes section of today's program. David, uh, before we wrap up today's episode, we've got a special three-part series coming up, starting with our next episode. Want to give us a little preview? Yeah, I'm real excited about this. Um, so I, a lot of people 
come and seek out a person like me when they're kind of in that what is often called the retirement red zone if you're if you're a football fan but it's kind of that three to five year area right before you're ready to retire and you're thinking oh my gosh what have i forgotten or i don't really have a plan involved yet and now they're getting a little nervous so this is the probably the title that we'll announce next week for this is retiring in three to five years the three things you must understand before you retire all right very good the three things you must understand before you retire if you're retiring in the next three to five years we'll break down each thing on uh, three different episodes so that'll be coming up starting on the next episode so come back and join us right back here on cover your assets kc Investment advisory services offered through Brookstone Capital Management, LLC, BCM, a registered investment advisor. BCM and KC Financial Advisors are independent of each other.